I thought it was a dating game. I was like, how is James Tarkovsky single? Turns out, like, this is his wife. So he's just being romantic to his wife, and you thought this was disgusting. Live every weekday morning from 7.30 on your smart speaker. Just ask Alexa to play OTB Sports Radio. OTB GAA. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to another episode of The Football Pod. I've got Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue beside me again. James, I'd like to put it on the record that you got one prediction right last weekend. Do you know what it was? Um, Ross Common. No, you said there'd be a load of goals in Crow Park on Saturday oh, yeah. night. And that there was. <laughs> yeah. There was way more chances as well. King Con. Wow, what a performance. Yeah, no, and it's been... Pleasantly surprised at how well Dublin went. Uh, it's a great result for him, obviously. Uh, Performance-wise, I thought it was very good, obviously. But for the King, most certainly, he was kind of he was hinting at it the week before against Ross Common. He'd seven points. He was staying on the square, and Dublin were getting the ball into him as fast as humanly possible, which is obviously to to his play to his strengths. And I thought Saturday night again, uh, it was an exceptional performance. Um, there was lots of positives for Dublin. Um, but that the return to form of Khan at that level because remember if we're being honest and I think Khan himself towards the end of last season he probably wasn't at his peak performance wise um, and Dublin still managed to win the All-Ireland Khan and not just Khan we, we'll kind of go into it at more depth uh, individual performances and the team performance but Khan at that level is a completely different dimension to this Dublin attack Um He's being used in the most efficient way. I'm sure he enjoys the way he's being used as well. And we've seen on Saturday night what he can do against like Foley is one of the one of the top defenders in the game. Um and Khan just seems to be he's in a really good space at the minute. That confidence, that edge seems to be back in his play. And the team around them are really playing to his strengths as well. So it was a very, very satisfying night for Dublin supporters. Yeah, definitely. You're not mute, T. Oh, with all your fucking around, you fucking muted yourself. You muted me again halfway through, you there, Benny. Well, I had to. You were too close to the mic. Sorry, that's, that's sorry my just, fault. just tell me to push back. Okay, I will. I will next time. Okay, that, that was my fault. I'll, uh, I'll clean that up. James, um, take your Kerry jersey off for a second. How good is it to watch Conor Callan in full flight as a Gaelic football fan? It is... It is a treat, to be fair. I must say he is a super, super player. And, you know, one thing that I always think of of top forwards, they can operate in areas of little to no space and thrive. Like some forwards, they need a lot of space to be able to make a run and can, they need to see a lot of space for their brain to work efficiently. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the top, top players, Khan especially, he his brain activity, when it's very tight and congested, is just so dangerous, and it was it was actually when it when it hit me the most was for his third goal, yeah. when there was when Fenton got it to Fenton got it anyway and brought it back in. I forget who slipped it to him, but I thought Bugler slipped it to him. It, yeah, I think it was Fenton to Bugler was it, and then and then um, Bugler slipped it to him. But Jason oh, just Murphy switched off. Was it? Yeah, Jason just yeah. switched off for a second because it was so tight. He thought there's no danger here. I know mm. where Khan is. The ball is there. We're fine. But Khan is just a step ahead and just gets the step. 
in on goal and then finishes it when Jason couldn't get back. I just thought that his his sharpness when there's no space is so dangerous. That's reminded me of those goals when he broke through, Paddy, against Tyrone and Mayo when he when he first broke through. That, that, that type of goal, getting it at the top of the D, through the heart of the defence yeah, and burying it. Uh, yeah, and it comes back to, to where where is he most dangerous? Where can Dublin get the ball where he's going to do the most damage? So there's definitely a team element, a bit that cohesion and attack, which I think has been much better from Dublin at the start of this season. Um, but you said does it, it matter who's 13 and 15? Yeah, and we'll get to that. It does. Um, the sharpness, Jimmy, you said. That's the key. That he has the perfect physique for this. He is so powerful. We've seen him do this in Hurling, probably to even more of an extent, where he's so direct and he has that low centre of gravity and unbelievable strength. He is so strong, so difficult to shake off. But if you look towards the end of last season and even the Monaghan game from a month ago, the opening game of the league where he probably wasn't as sharp, that, that comes with confidence. Like that, he he always has the physique. He's strong, he's fast, he's powerful, he's direct, his mentality. But when you're confident, Jimmy, you know this. It's like, you see those things. You do, you, you're like, this is on. You're telling, you're backing yourself. Whereas if you're a little bit off, or you have knocks and diggles, or you're just not really playing well, you hesitate. You, and when Khan doesn't hesitate, and that's when he's so, so sharp, those tight spaces. To him, I bet you that feels like a huge gap. You know, and that's that's the difference of confidence. You can see that where there's no doubt, there's no hesitation from him whatsoever. It's I'm on here, I'm back on myself. And Saturday was a brilliant example of that. And it's that sharpness, that confidence that he has in his game. And not just any forward when they're like that. Not that it's easy, but but a feel it comes a lot easier to get into those converting those scoring chances. And Saturday was a perfect example of that for Khan. I, it wasn't just Con, and I had what Eamon Fismaris would describe as the best vantage point in Crow Park. Paddy, you might agree. Tier 7, press box, looking down, and I yeah. got to see the, the entire Dublin forwards in unison. Like, what stood out to me most was actually Paddy Small and yeah. just the voracious hunger of the man that he was just, like, he actually forced a turnover from one of Ryan's kickouts that nearly turned into another goal. Uh, he scored two brilliant points in the first half, a third and a second. Bugler was on fire. Kilkenny was really playing well, really, really proactive. That chemistry seemed to exist. What, what, talk to me about the chemistry and the makeup of the front six, because you would have played in loads of different variations. Yeah, and, and this is, if you look towards the end of last season, Dublin's forward line was Costello, Khan, and Bascale. Hmm. Um, and I would say they are three players who like to stay inside and are all direct in their own right. They're all out and out scorers. What the other night, you know, half forward line of Scully, uh, Bugler, and Ross McGarry, and then yeah. Kieran Khan and Paddy Small. So Kieran naturally drifts out. So that gives a little bit more space to Khan. He's the ultimate team player. And Paddy Small, you're right, he works his for a corner forward the work rate of that guy his power his pace his attitude and try to get the ball back very similar to Paul Mannion in that mm. regard where he's probably as important in a defensive setup and it's an odd thing to say for a corner forward but he supplements if you're on a full forward line and you're a killer like Khan is having someone like Paddy Small and the way he plays and approaches forward play is a brilliant complement to to an out-and-out scorer like Khan. Paddy doesn't really mind if he doesn't score 10 points. Kieran naturally is going to drift out and be that type of playmaker. And you're right, the, the, the other positive for Dublin, I thought Bugler was exceptional on the transition. I think he was a key element. I think Jack O'Connor references 
Kerry were wiped in the middle third and I thought Bugler was exceptional. And Niall Scully, who, to be fair, has been in and out of the team and he would be very frustrated. I'm sure Desi was frustrated with him and Dublin supporters are looking and going, Scully has so much talent and he probably hadn't reached the height of his all-star year a couple of years ago. But I thought Saturday night, he was exceptional as well. Work rate, link play. Again, he's such a key cog in a forward line that's cohesive. So one, the personnel, probably the other five forwards are happy enough to let someone like Khan be the main man. Uh, that's probably slightly different with Costello and Bascale, who are still exceptional players. But in terms of, we're talking about that slickness up front. Um, I thought that worked really well. So the setup around them, I thought the form of individual players is a massive plus for Desi Farrell. Um, I thought Kerry couldn't deal with that middle third, and we'll get into Kerry now in, in a minute or two. But you're right, the environment around Khan and that cohesion really, really helped him. It's very difficult for, for a guy to score a hat-trick at this level purely on his own instinct. You need to, of course, have the talent and the, the skills that Khan has but the creation of space, the work rate of the other forwards around them, and just the cohesion in the whole Dublin attack, that all plays into Khan in the form that he's in. And the biggest thing, lads, they are fucking kicking the ball into him. They, everyone is on the same page. It's like, get this ball into him. And there's more space because Kilkenny's drifting out naturally. Paddy Small is doing over and back. The runs off the ball. That creates more space. And that's the thing, everyone's on the same page. You see it in the Dublin players' body language, that middle third, their first option is to scan in. Yeah, definitely. That directness it's, has definitely come back. The hand pass and the really lateral play of maybe 18 months ago where, where Dublin were really struggling and it seemed a bit flat. They flipped that on its head. It's, it's interesting to see that. It's yeah. risks first. How far can we get this ball inside? Because we have him in there and their space. And that helped create... Khan obviously did the work finishing it, but the environment around them, the cohesion in that attack, your spot on, was, was a massive plus for Desi Farrell and Dublin. James, can we linger on that chemistry for a minute? Because it's going to f- feed some of the conversation later on when we get to other attacking units. Throughout your career, whether it be at club level, college, county, there's probably been times where it's happened naturally or been seamless with some of the players around you. Or is it always something that has to be worked on? Because it's actually, funnily enough, Paul Galvin picked this out as well. He didn't feel like the Bascal, Costello, Khan. Uh, chemistry suited Khan last year so James what, what would your read be on chemistry amongst forwards I think a lot of the time it's more natural than you'd than you'd realise mm. I don't think the top fellas need need to go into a room and talk you do this you do that or they need that much time to to work on it it's like they have a mutual appreciation of what each other are good at and what the other person can do for each other like I think you can kind of over overanalyze that a bit sometimes you just need to to work on or just kind of work on different combinations of fellas and see who naturally clicks like of all even when you talk about like strikers in the premiership they always say we didn't really talk about it It was just a natural a natural well, connection that, Jimmy, you're, you're spot on because you look at those six Dublin forwards none of them are being asked to do like their a game what they're all naturally good at is what they were doing on Saturday night like you're not Paddy Small naturally plays that way he wouldn't have to be told, we need to show really hard, we need to drop. You don't need to tell Kieran Kenny, we want you to come out, create that space and be a link player. That is their A game. So they're not sacrificing, they're not, Desi Farrell isn't sitting there all week with them going, you need to do this, 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 because Khan is going to be there. They all naturally, they might, some sort of framework, but that's all their natural game. And that's why, 
I agree, Jimmy. It's not a case, you know, Dwight York and Andy Cole. It just happened because it's they just complement each other. Their actual mm-hmm. styles of play complement each other, and Khan was the beneficiary of it. But Khan, Khan was sharp as anything against Ross Common as well. I could tell that he, there was a couple of times he got the ball turned over the bar, boom, no messing around. And it's like he, it was like just something clicked with him the last couple of weeks, and the last day he was absolutely unplayable. But that is, I reckon, that's the best I've seen Dublin play in a long time. Now you could say Kerry were hopeless. I mean, it's not it's not unfair to say that Kerry had an absolute mare first half, did not get up to the pitch of it. When we were doing our predictions last week and we said who'd win, I thought Kerry will want this more and will dig out a result and will win. But that wasn't the case. Dublin showed so much desire, so much intensity. Their tackling, their defending was awesome. And Kerry were completely standoffish and did not get to that, that tempo. And then Dublin won both kickouts comfortably. Like I, th- I thought they did Massive. one very clever thing, but I couldn't believe the Kerry got caught with it was. When they were taking the kickout, Dublin went into a lovely... 4-4-4. Um, no, no, on their the own kickout. Oh, and Dublin's own they, they went into the cluster or a huddle cluster. or whatever. I, everyone I couldn't believe Kerry's cluster to this. Yeah. Well, Kerry went around the cluster, right? And then everyone is expecting, if you're, say you're a forward and the, the kick-out team goes into cluster, you're expecting the cluster to shoot right. in every different direction and then you, you follow. But the cluster stayed in the cluster. <laughs> and your man, Anlin, had two massive channels to hit and Kerry were so naive to it. And then Dublin were getting the kick-out off, sauntering down the field and putting it over the bar without being touched. I just couldn't believe it. Kerry uh, had you to know do what? so much work on the kickoff. Uh, but, but you know what I mean, Jimmy? Uh, this is kind of, I was leaving Crow Park and chatting a couple of lads after. Like, the kickout is massively important. But and Dublin, on their own kickout and on the opposition kickout, it's a massive, massive focus for teams. And, and I know Kerry placed this emphasis on it as well, particularly against Dublin. I couldn't believe how naive Kerry were with that. It was just so easy. And you're just thinking... Kerry are throwing their arse at this. Like, they're, they're not that bad. Jack O'Connor knows, like, their, their approach to that kickout. Like, Cluster's one of the most slam dunk kickouts. Every team does it. There's a way to play against that. And Kerry were just, it was way too easy. It just looked wrong. And that had me mm. thinking, going, Kerry don't give a shit about this. That's what it looked like. There's no way, come championship, Kerry will be as naive on the kickout. I just I, th- I think they had no work done. Was, it. I honestly think they had no work done on it. Because they don't even they leave work on it. It's so obvious that what they were doing was wrong. Like they've experienced it. It's the only there. explanation. It's the only explanation. It was like they had no voice there because Killian Burke is new. Dylan yeah, Gaines is new. Yeah, okay. And they just couldn't no, it's not, not their fault at all, but you have to very much work as a unit. And they oh, didn't. Totally. And Dublin, yeah. Dublin pissed out. I don't think like, Dublin could believe how easy that was. Like. They couldn't. There was honestly there was one time that Hanlon kicked it to, to his left-hand side and it yeah, was kicked it was up the line side. for a mark yeah. and over the bar in the space of about three and, seconds. Yeah. It was in the, common. In the same move, Low contact, Shane Ryan. Yeah. Shane Ryan, it happened, was happened four times, is desperately sprinting back 60 yards because he had tried to join a press that was disjointed and the ball was at the other end of the field. It kind of created a sense of panic and chaos in okay. Kerry's game up until that third quarter. They were jittery looking, out, James. If your kick-out is right, it gives you so much control over the whole game. Yeah, you well, just you know what you're going to. 
I don't think they have a lot done on that either. I think Dublin won six of six of Kerry's they won kickouts, a fair few in the first half. And yeah. they, they turned them over a couple of times. But yeah. I think if you can win your own kickout, it guarantees you possession. It guarantees you to play the way you want to play for that for that period of time. And if you can put pressure on the opposition, it makes them uncomfortable. It's so, so it's critical. Both of them, if you're losing both of them, you have no platform. It, it affects everything because it means that you can't mm. tackle as a unit. Like there was a couple of times that Dublin had the ball and they were just hand passing it, and a couple of Kerry fellas were trying their balls off to get it back, sprinting, but they were just they were like dogs chasing a tennis ball. Do you know it was over and back because they didn't have that that kind of unity because they were all over the place from from the kickouts. It was just yes. it was just off a little bit. Um, I think it can be fixed, but it was just so off the last kick, day. Kick, kickouts are uh, Jack O'Connor will know that, and, and there's experienced players in there like Kerry. Uh, do a lot of work against Dublin's kickouts because they know how critical it is. On Dublin's side, I want to give serious praise here for Dublin go four 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 against Shane Ryan's kickout. Shane Ryan's an excellent goalkeeper, and I remember we've played here loads of times and had serious trouble getting steals on Shane Ryan's kickout. Dublin push basically twelve players inside Kerry's half, really really aggressive, and I'm sitting there and I'm kind of halfway line. And I'm looking in. That's an unbelievably ballsy approach to take against any team, but particularly against Kerry. And I look to the left, and in Dublin's half is Shawnee Shea and David Clifford, man on man. One of the markers is Owen Merchant, who's about three foot tall, and he's man marking David Clifford. The other marker is Theo Clancy, who's played twice for Dublin ever. And they are left two on two with two of the best forwards in the game. That is an unbelievably risky approach to take. How many teams are willing to play that percentage play against Kerry or against Dublin? And I have said this. How many episodes of this show have we done, Tommy? I'd say we're up on 120 now, Paddy. A lot. And since day one, I have said this, beating this drum, and people give me lip about this. You cannot win the biggest prizes playing conservatively. Conservative. You, you, you might win a provincial championship, you might win an Elaborn Cup with Longford, but if you're going to win the All-Ireland, you have to attack and be brave. And Kerry and Dublin, to their credit, play that way. They are in no way interested in anything other than Sam Maguire. And that approach from Dublin on Saturday night, yes, it's a league game, but it just shows a mentality from Desi Farrell, who's finally getting a little bit of credit that he deserves off the back of winning last All-Ireland. But to take that approach... I, I personally, I'm looking going, oh my God, Merch, one-on-one with Clifford. Theo Clancy hasn't played at this level and he's marking Shawnee Shea. But that's Dublin's attitude. We'll deal with it. And they get caught in one of the plays. Shane Ryan it breaks over beyond the press and Kerry are essentially nearly in on goal. But that mentality, we are attacking. We don't care. Yeah, David Clifford's unbelievable, but we're backing our defender to deal with him. That approach, the mentality, that's why Dublin, and Kerry have it as well. Kerry will go and attack every game and that is why I'd still have them. And yeah, Kerry, Kerry, like, Kerry were bad the other night. Where that's going to sit in the grand scheme of things come the All-Ireland series in three or four months' time is kind of irrelevant. But it just shows the mentality I thought of Dublin to take yeah. that approach against one of the most dangerous teams in the country. That, that snapshot shows where Dublin's head is at. And I think that was one of the most pleasing things. Yeah, uh, James... Before I ask you how Owen Merchant defined the laws of physics in that man-marking job in Clifford, I would like to say that 
Clifford probably should have squared one goal chance that he put wide. He blazed two other goal chances over the bar. We could have had one hat-trick against another at the weekend. Mm-hmm. But what did you make of that bravery, that risk from Dublin to do that? I was shocked at the <laughs> at the matchup. But the thing is, when you're marking Clifford, and Clifford did, didn't have his best day the last day, far from it. Missed a couple of chances. But if you, if you put someone kind of big and burly on Clifford, he's too sharp and... and Plays like a small man. He'll he'll toast him, and if you put someone small and nimble on him, he's too big and strong. So like you have to have kind of a hybrid for for Clifford. But they tried marching on him. It was a risk, and I think that Clifford did have the beating of him. He had a couple of goal chances, but Kerry shooting was just off. The conversion, the difference in conversion between Kerry and Dublin. Dublin were so clinical. Kerry was just that bit off it, but Kerry Dublin was shell shot. Kerry was the first 13 shots. The only if, shot they if, missed was Shane Ryan saving from Khan. Toby, we said this last week. They were unbelievably profligate in front of goal against Ross Cobb the week before. Really yeah. poor, particularly that first half. And I knew I've been in, played in those games before. Without a doubt, that would have been addressed when they were reviewing that game. Bad yeah. shots. Wrong players taking shots. Bad areas of the pitch. I knew Dublin's conversion rate would be a lot better. This week, Some difference. I didn't expect it to be um, as as clinical as it was in the first half, but that was another positive that you could see. Okay, what happened against Ross Common? What lessons can be learned, and how quickly can the improvements be implemented? And that again is credit to the coaches and to the players to kind of take that on. Paddy Small did not have a very good game against Ross Common, and what about that bounce back? And that's he was exceptional the other night, and. The positive from Dublin side, yes, okay, Carl was exceptional. Fenton dominated midfield. But it is those guys, like I say, maybe around, they're not the frontliners, but Perry Small, Bugler, Scully getting back to it. Theo Clancy, another big game for him, that experience. Like if you're Desi Farrell looking in there going, they are, they're massive positives. We know what Khan can do. We know what Fenton can do. But all of a sudden, the so-called supporting cast they're really, really stepping up their game as well. So, um, well, well, this weekend, lads, we are taking a little trip down to Killarney. The oh. football pod. Paddy, you're covering Tyrone. Carry with me on Sunday. Tyrone will be better. I'm looking forward to that game now, I have to say. So, to move on from Dublin Kerry on Saturday night, I'll just put it on the record that I called Tyrone a beat Mayo. I don't know what you boys predicted, but we'll just leave it at that. Tyrone, James, turned it on. And in the first half and in, in, in the first point of the game, we saw Derek Hanavan uh, go into uh, Fergal Boland and Sam Callanan, who must have had four hands and four legs hitting off Canavan, dragging him, pulling him, kicking him, uh, trying to stop him. And Canavan rolled and, and somehow ducked and got through and put the ball over the bar. Brilliant performance. But he was on his own in the first half, James, until a certain man came on at half time and we saw an exhibition of shooting from one Darren McCurry in that second half. Yeah, I thought McCurry was outstanding. And McCurry made, he did that thing that excellent players do. He made Canavan better just by being there. They had some great interactions, a couple of little passes between each other. They both did the right thing every time. But McCurry's class second half, especially the point he swung with the outside of his, outside the left. two of them. But when he came on, the difference in quality between Tyrone and Mayo was stark. Like, Mayo do not have any combination close to what Tyrone had. Are you talking like, chemistry here? Yeah, I'm talking chemistry. I'm talking ability. Like, they were 
class. Like you're talking top, top level players here. McCurry's not even sharp yet, but you could just tell he can play the game at a higher level than the average or the vast majority. And Mayo just don't have that quality. That like they're they're doing everything right. They're huffing and puffing, but there is just not that class that you need at the highest level. And as soon as McCurry came on, he improved Canavan. The two of them had a great relationship, and they just class above. Eight shots. Eight points, a hundred percent accuracy in one second half of football for Darren McCurry. Yeah, that says it all. That says yeah. it all. Like, but the general thing is, sometimes you can you can kind of look at what Canavan's not doing or what he is doing. He was better just by McCurry being on the field, you know. And that's you can just tell the fellas are top players when that happens. They and didn't you, have to, to work too hard at it. They, Jimmy, once they you, were on you, the field together, they were there. You made a great point last week, Jimmy, and I remember it because you don't have many of them, but this was definitely a standout. <laughs> that one, one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll already mess it. But the point about Mayo, that Mayo, and used that, that phrase, huffing and puffing, and I used it last week watching the, the Galway game as well. Do Mayo have a player in the top 10 players in the country? I thought it was a, such a facet. I was like, Jesus, do you actually think about that? Because they're a great team. You probably had three or four. Kindle O'Connor at his peak. Like I said, Paddy Dirk and Higgins. Nathan O'Shea at his peak as well. And, and, and they don't. I was just thinking, could you make a case for any of them to be the top 10? And they don't. They have good players. They're honest players. Fergal Bowling gets a couple of lovely scores. He, he's been better and he's kind of making a claim for a place at McStay's team. Ryan O'Donoghue was a brilliant forward. But is he at the level of, of a Canavan or even a McCurdy in top form? I don't think he is. And that's ultimately the challenge for, for Mayo. They have lots of good things, but do they have any great things? And, mm. and this is the, the anomaly with, with Tyrone. If you look through that Tyrone team, and this is why they could be bloody frustrating, and I'm sure their own supporters, and I'm sure the players are frustrated themselves, They've got a really good goalkeeper. They've got good defenders. Hampsey, McKiernan. Um, Peter Hart is a good transition player. Kilpatrick is a really effective midfielder. I don't like this. I'm trying to play further up the pitch. Play the man midfield with, with Brian Kennedy. That's a really, really solid midfield. And you've got two guys inside. In Canavan, I'd say one of the top five players in the game. And McCurry... Would you go there already with Canavan, yeah? Oh, I think so. I... I, I I think McCurry's. I think McCurry's an excellent, excellent inside forward, but but Canavan is, Canavan is, is exceptional. Like that point yeah, against the, the The difference is he has the goal trip. Maybe that he's. Remember he, that he smells we, it. We've all seen that video of Peter Canavan's greatest. Yes. Yeah. And he's getting absolutely fucking hopped off. And, and they're all club games as well. Club games. And he's rolling. And it doesn't matter. He book. somehow scores. That score that you started with, with <laughs> Canavan and Sam Callanan. You're like, I was like, oh my God. I've seen that. I've seen that score. Your dad in it for 20 years. That's how, like, if you look at that truth from Tyrone's lens, they have a lot of ingredients. They have X Factor players that probably Mayo don't have. But the issue with Tyrone is the inconsistencies around it. The kind of atmosphere around the team has been a little bit funky for the last couple of years. And when they don't have that edge in their play and be nasty bastards, like we've said before, they're too easy to play against. But if you're talking to me, whose ceiling is higher? Who has more potential as a team? If everything goes right, I put Tyrone ahead of Mayo. But I wouldn't put them there yet. But potential-wise... Particularly with that's, those two guys, and so that's some turnaround from 
you know. No, no, no. And that's what I'm not. When you gave them a few weeks ago. But but they were absolutely awful a few weeks ago. And that's the big massive question mark with Tyrone is they're inconsistent and they have the raw materials to be a top team. But when their attitude is off, they are so ordinary. They're so bad. And we've seen that more than their A game. We even seen it on Saturday night. The first half wasn't great. Second half, they blow Mayo away. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not saying Tyrone have the answers yet on the back of one half of football, but their ceiling, their potential is higher than Mayo. Can I ask you a question on that? And James, I'm not going to ask you this one because it's not applicable yet. But Paddy, that, and it's clear as day where he inherited it from, that rough and tumble durability, the robustness, mm. the balance. Yeah. Derek Hanneman has got it in the genes. If we, Hugo, could inherit one trait from your football career, what would Me? you like it to be? Oh, fuck. Uh, I don't know. Give Team us play. Team play. I had no magic. Like, there was Are you going to instill that in Hugo from a young age? Because Derek Hanneman no. must be... Must don't be, be a he little must have learned that in the garden. That's what I'm telling him. Don't be a little bollocks, Hugo. Um, no, we're kind of in all seriousness. You could see that even from last season, the season before, he wins balls. He's a, like we said, that he's a ball winner despite being slight. Now, he wins the ball. I was at the game, really stuck with me against Westmead where Tyrone got out of jail last year up in Breffney Park in the, the round robin section. He was exceptional, but he was, they were lumping balls in and he's holding lads off and he's winning it. And he, he's a small guy. You know, that's, having that mentality and the bravery around it, we know he has the technical skills. We said it last year, like, Remember, Tyrone lost by about 40 points to carry in the All-Ireland quarterfinal. And one of the biggest things, I was behind the goal watching in the first half, their forward, was they had no cohesion. McCurry was not good that day. Rory Canavan and Derek Canavan had individual moments of excellence, which they know they have, but they weren't playing. We're talking about Dublin a couple of minutes ago. That cohesiveness up front. And it might be the case that there's no point in having six silky forwards because they don't play together. You need who can complement who, who, what shape can we play that's going to get the best out of this? But if Tyrone get that right, that's what I'm saying. They have, I will put Canavan in that bracket. I think he is that good already. Um, what a what a sidekick to have in McCurry. Unbelievable. James, if you were to build a forward, I have a feeling you'd start with the hands. You've always mm. talked about that. Just the first importance touch. of being able to win your own ball, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, first touch I think is massively important. Because if, you, if you're marking the tightest fellas yeah. and you want to get as much primary ball in the golden zone, like around the D from a kick pass, you might only get one or two of those in a, in a championship. <laughs> like, never mind in a game. Like, you might get one or two of those passes on the money to create a goal chance from a kick pass. And if your hands are off, it's such a killer for the crowd, for you, for your teammates. The ball's gone down the other end. But if you have a fella inside and every ball that goes in, it's stuck to him and he's going at his man. It's just the most glorious trade you can have. A ball sticking inside. That'd be my first one. Then I would say sharpness. And a an eye for a goal. I go, I go for, fella, for a fella who wants to go for the goal. And I've seen it this year already. Fellas are taking their points when the goals are blatantly on. Top of the D there. If you catch the ball top of the D, it's a goal chance. Like, even if it's, if there's three on three inside there, if you catch it there, you need to be going at your man because worst case scenario, you're getting fouled. It's unless a sin you actually, to call a mark you can top actually, of the D. But it, I'm not even a mark. I mean, the ball might hop in front of fellas and they're getting the top of the D and they're turning and chipping a point like it was 2003. Yeah. 
those days are yeah. gone with the black card with the with the way the game has gone I think you have to eye <clears> your <throat> man up go at him worst case scenario he's going to he's going to follow you you're going to get a point anyway okay but you're right uh, is it? Let's, that, that, the, just on, on the first touch and this is where Canavan again all the, the, the best players if you make a fumble at this level it's gone and yeah. that's how if you fumble the ball forget about it like forget about it the ball, like Jimmy says you're going to be either be swarmed say you even get it on your second attempt you're just going to be swarmed ref's going to mm. give you free out or <laughs> it, it, it's turned over and the team's away up the pitch and that's that's why it, it's unique there's not many players like you think of ball winners and naturally you're thinking of like Colin McShane is an example mm. the throw would have had uh, McLean and the young flat big strong guys and it's great but they don't probably don't have the second bit whereas Canavan and Khan they're, they're in height they're, they're not massive stature wise but they're hard as they're nails. hard yeah they're hard, they're hard. And, and they're brave yeah. it's just like yeah put it in I'll get it I'll deal with it and then they have all the other stuff to go with it it's like it's a hybrid it's diabolical to try and mark I would imagine um, but this the, kind of, Canavan's relatively inexperienced at this level as well like. Yeah, imagine how good he's going to be. He's already at that level. This kid yeah. is special. But you know, on when your hands side, before you go time, when yeah. your hands are off, when your hands aren't good, or when you're maybe you're not sharp, you Forget haven't done the work on it. But you mightn't even drop any because you know what you do. You stop putting yourself in the position to catch him, and you don't even realize it. So you're you're inside. You're going right. I'll make this run now. It'll be a tough pass going. When you're sharp, you're making that run because you know you're sticking it. But when you're just not feeling it. You don't even make that run, and that's the difference then between a fella operating at that's confidence levels that are yeah. yeah. It doesn't even it, you don't even realize that you're turning down these huge chances because your hands are you're not confident enough in your hands. That's that's really interesting. On the flip side of it, and now to Conor McCluskey, who did an unbelievable job in Dark Canavan a few weeks ago, and this weekend Johnny McGrath is getting a lot of plaudits in Galway for the job he did on Shane McGuigan. Kept McGuigan, who's been on fire recently, scored us from play. McGuigan ends up at one two. That controversial penalty that we might come to on our members pod Ooh. later in the week. It was... Uh, Why controversial? That wasn't a black card, man. Which one? <laughs> Malloy, Malloy throws the paw at his Oh, hip. no, no, no. He doesn't trip him. It's a poor attempt at a tackle, but it's not a black card. I think it was Malloy that lost the ball in the first place, though, wasn't it? It's I a closed went... fist. It's a full dig. He's literally trying to hit anything he can. I, I, thought, I thought it was a yellow card and free in. You think that was? You think that was a? Black I agree card with the ref on that one. Yeah. Okay. I have to say. Oh, all right. What? I'm shocked. Okay. Malloy is literally going full legged, close right, fist. Watch. I'm going to go mill this fella. I, I thought it was right call. I thought he stumbled and, and just. No, he did. He's lunging because he knows he's fucked. Uh, I well, agree with. You're the ref always going to make some effort to get back and lay some bit of a paw on him. He tries to paw him just to put him off some bit. Full leg dive to mill him. <laughs> but there's no power in it. Yeah, I, he doesn't. He doesn't pull him down. He doesn't take him down. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily. He tries stop to break his ribs. <laughs> he hits him in the hip. He hits him in the hip, yeah. You, you think that was... Because we're so far behind him. I agreed with the ref on that one. There's okay. one actually after that, Mulcaird at the other end. It was actually, yes. I think it's a legitimate challenge. And it's Brendan Rogers. he fails. Is it Brendan Rogers or is it Kieran McFall? Who does he pull down? I, I, black I can't, remember. I can't yeah. remember who he pulled down. I didn't Rogers. think that was a black card. Pulls down was, I think it was Rogers, yeah. I thought Rogers black card. He knew he was half. in trouble though because he started saying, oh, he cut my arm, he cut <laughs> yeah, my arm. Yeah, but, but, as soon as you <laughs> see that, you're <laughs> get out of here. Black, Rogers black card on Johnny Heaney in the first half. I agreed. He's blocking his run. Yeah. And he's kind of giving it that, oh, he's just standing there. It's like, that's a black card. Malloy, black card. 
but I disagreed. Will Carrot shouldn't have got a black card. Mm, I'm 50-50 on the second one, but I wouldn't have given to Malloy, I don't think. I think it was okay. such a harsh punishment to go down to 14 and a goal against the yeah. And all they yeah. got out of it was a point. And Galway, Galway played okay, a little bit better this weekend against Derry. I think Derry were a little bit off the pace uh, that they'd been at in recent weeks. So but, but did you get that sense? They're right in the relegation battle now. Of Galway. of Galway, loads of huff and puff again. First mm. half were quite good, but without the two boys, thing is, they're thing lacking is that a little bit of stardust. Like. At, le- at least they haven't to come back. No, no, I agree. I, again, yeah. Walsh and Comer make a difference to that, but I thought without them, yeah, yeah, glimpses, there was a lot of endeavour, but... Just to linger on that for a moment, did you see the Roscommon goal, Shane Canaan, the Monaghan keeper McDonald has both hands on the ball. He catches a ball dropping short and Canaan punches it out of his hands and into the goal. I've never seen that given before. Yeah, Why? Never goal goal like protected that. species. The goalkeepers are protected. Like. They need to be he, stopped being protected. Goal. Next. Okay. Yeah, and then the I, other I one. I would go that like, yeah, I agree. The, I'm agreeing with the refs here a lot, actually. I'm surprised. The other one that was a little bit strange and it happened in the Mead Kildare game of the weekend. It will come back in a few minutes. And this was this was mad. Uh, against the win, Sean Brennan, the meat goalkeeper, takes free from about 55 yards out. And he drilled the first one, split the posts. The next one, you're thinking, does this have the legs when it's in the oh, air? Yeah, yeah. And Mark Donlan, who's done this before, and there's a couple of good images going around last week of Niall Morgan and a few other keepers catching ball above the crossbar. Yeah. Mm. Mark Donlan jumps up above the crossbar, catches the ball, spills it. The ball nearly goes into the goal. Clear go to clear it. The umpires start waving the flag. They reckon that Mark Donlan is big enough the bar. to go behind the bar. I don't know how that's physically possible for a goalkeeper to do it. I, I have severe doubts over it, and I'd love like to the see Matrix. the footage. I just don't think I just don't think it's physically possible to get your hands full because the ball once the ball fully crosses the line, it's over the bar. You know. You see, the umpires only delighted to be involved there. There we go. Okay, well that's ref watch. We're setting, we're setting this week's no, there line. was another. There was another decision. Was it? Uh... Oh well, then there was a, there was a bit of controversy about Carlo's late goal. Colin Hulton, uh, a phenomenal late goal last week. We had the drama of Leitrim getting that late penalty that was very soft. He got flipped in his head this week. Leitrim are two up. Hulton takes. You could say 10, 11 steps if you slow it down. There is a slow version of the replay. He buries it in the top corner. So he actually goes down the far end of the field and makes Dive a last block. ditch block ah, to stop an equaliser. All action. All action yeah. rider over stuff and a phenomenal win for Carlo. And now they're in the mix, the the hunt in Division Four. It, it's it's unbelievable. There's there's four teams on Leash's heels. Leash seem to be away there. On, the James. one that I'm talking about was was in the Mayo game for Killian O'Connor's penalty. Yeah, similar enough to Malloy's one. It was it, it was given. It was outside the box, but it was given as black card and penalty. And I agreed. With Jordan Flynn. I thought that was right. Yes. Okay. I thought that side was right. note. Side note on that. Is Killian O'Connor the greatest penalty taker in GA history? Mm. He's very good at it. He so was, it was excellent. Because he, he took it just he, to he, pass it for himself but, to kick it off. Uh, but his top say corner penalties are Did so you? good. Like Morgan does a lot right, but Killian O'Connor on penalties is he's yeah, like the very reliable. Of, yeah. Darryl Crane was good back in the day as well, Jimmy. Kerry, I'm thinking. Mm. Who were the James Donahue himself like buried a number of penalties. For, to think of that game, the Kerry Mayo game of 14 and Limerick, he had two in the one game. Paddy, mm. you know all about having two in the one game. Two uh, at the same time, yes. <laughs> Simultaneous. Three. And I missed them all. The second one, you? if you've missed the first one, the second one is off. Like, you, you're mentally you you're beaten. I'm right, you had two in that game. I too, but yeah, the first one luckily went Mayo, in, and then the second one is easy because you won up on the goalie. 
Did Mayo have two penalties as well that day? Killian O'Connor scores a penalty. No, they won. Killian O'Connor had a. Enright fouled. Yeah. Enright fouled while he was on a yellow. He did a black card offence on Killian O'Connor. And they gave a penalty and he was on a yellow and they didn't send him off. He stayed on. That was a beautiful That was a bit of luck we got that game of football. That was just. Mm. Did you see the. And I presume you're talking about the behind O'Connor, the angle, that, that camera shot. Of him, do you know it was right behind the penalty taker? Did you see that shot? Yeah, it's class. Yeah, it was a brilliant penalty. Uh, but he had okay. to change his run up. I don't think that's his normal run up. He changed it because of the footing was off. Like you know, that's an expert. Like do you know, he yeah, just did a he, couple he, of slow steps, made sure he kept his footing. He didn't do a John Terry on it, and just absolutely piped it into ex- the top corner. Yeah. He knows. Mannion he hit an unbelievable done. penalty in the final finding against Tyrone before. He did. Yeah, top across his body, top corner. It was like yeah. just with a plump. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of show, basically, a little class. bit of sugar. Yeah. I think yeah. high is probably the way to go if you have enough skill but it's, it's yeah but how wrong could that go as well like Connor Glass the last results the final goes in off the bottom of the crossbar and when he kicks it he's thinking that's gone over the bar yeah, yeah. Look. McManus Mandy's, McManus Mandy's. yeah in the quarter he's the same thing yeah. we uh, Connell O'Hanlon from Cratlow had a penalty in our semi-final this year crucial if he missed I think we lost hit both posts and hit the keeper on the arse and rolled in can't beat so that. He meant that. That was the game yeah. that you got the two black cards. Exactly. And they were both. Save your bacon. As ref watch a weekly thing now. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm a new man this year. Okay. Rattling through the results. Way late on this. Dublin smashing Kerry with 318. I think it's the highest amount Kerry have conceded since that All-Ireland semi-final back in 2014. Uh, 2013? Am I right? Which one? 13, 13 yeah. Um, Tyrone 115, Mayo 111. We've already spoken about that. Galway 111, Derry 310. Derry getting the job done. The Rossies responded in the hide. Davy Burke and Roscommon needed a win. And they put Mana into the sword, 116 to 7 points. Derek Craig hit 6 points. Shane Canaan got the goal. Enda Smith hit 3 from play. Uh, really, really strong stuff from Roscommon. And Monaghan now face Galway next weekend in what is turning into a crucial crucial game in terms of survival in Division 1 and we'll be chatting about that in our members pod a little later in the week in Division 2 the Division of Doom you could say we yeah. obviously build Armagh Donegal as a top of the table clash with a bit of a little bit of a yeah. damp squib yeah 1-9 Armagh 1-9 Donegal 12 points do you know what I loved about this game the Armagh goal Connor Turbot under the stand drives the ball 60 yards Mernon reads it and just buries it no messing collects it Top no frills, a Ryan Air goal. Loved it. Uh, Oshin Gallen missed the late penalty. McGuinness was kind of ruined. Donegal shooting, but do you know what? I think they're both happy enough to go over the yeah. draw. What I loved about this game was the bit, little bit of John from McGuinness and, and McGinney on the sideline. I love that little bit of pettiness, that frostiness, and surely <laughs> that is going to explode in an All Ireland quarter final, semi final, round robin game later. Up, maybe even they? in an Ulster yeah, yeah. match. So we'll leave up. that there. Uh, Cavan, I mentioned last week that I didn't think Cavan were out of the woods yet. They were third in the table, but they could have been dragged back into the relegation battle. Well, they made sure they weren't. NRD, Loud fell short again. They've lost two games in this division by a point. They've lost one game by two points. And at the weekend, Cavan just about held on. 2-13 to 3-9. They lost a one-point win for Cavan. Paddy Lynch kicking eight frees. There were three red cards in this game. Um, and uh, Cavan are up against Mead next, who obviously had a big win against Kildare. We'll come back to in a minute. But just as Mead were putting Kildare away in the last couple of minutes. Cork, who had been trailing the entire game to Fermanagh. Sub-escape job, isn't it? I thought I was They're looking at the subs. updates. I was like, these guys are gone. 
Yeah. Their subs dragged them out of it. James O'Donoghue, John Cleary's Cork were saved mm. by Morris Shanley's late goal. Sherlock added a point. Fermanagh had two late points, but it was, it was too little too late. That was, was that was that was Cork guaranteed Telton. Unless they beat. Do you know what? If Cork do get relegated, it would make the championship match in Killarney, Kerry Cork semi-final unbelievable. It would, wouldn't it? Because... I think that's you think the Cork too big and brave to want to just go down to to the Telton with a whimper, but like they're not guaranteed yet. They have some very tough fixtures. Well, they're, they're they're they have Armagh, Kildare, and Mead left, and that's Kildare, Kildare and Mead are fighting for their lives, and Armagh are getting promoted. So I still yeah. think the Cork are in big trouble. And I was going through it today with a few lads from work. Even staying up in Division Two doesn't guarantee you, no, all Ireland. Like you might have to, you might have to come. S- Fifth, fifth, same as in. last year. Me yeah. finished sixth, ended up in the Talton Cup. Yeah, um, so I, I suppose it's ruthless. But, but what it does, Jim, it, it gives them a chance though, because there was a stage in that second half against Fermanagh, and you're thinking they're gone here. Yeah, they're gone. They're going to be zero from four. So they get get pull it out of their bag. They play Kildare this weekend. Um, it gives them a fighting chance if they can get a win there and they get up to four points, and then they, they've Armagh, who are more than likely already going to be qualified. That's we spoke with this a couple of weeks ago. You might get a second string Armagh team, which gives Cork an even better chance. It's good timing to get them. They've got to do the business this weekend against the Lilies. Uh, they've given themselves a chance more so than what obviously Clare losing to me as we're going to come I, I have to say, I watched the Mead Loud game in depth during the week. I was writing a piece for for the weekend. And Mead's 25 minutes after they went four points down against Loud was was really, really heartening from a, a Mead perspective for the simple fact that they got stuck in. We had Danny Dixon coming off the bench, winning two balls. He had no right to win in a second appearance for Mead. Adam O'Neill, the new fullback, has really grown into it. He had a massive turnover on Conor Grimes. Nailed one of the biggest men in the division, the shoulder, put him on his hole, won the ball. Did the same to Samuel Roy in the sideline. Matthew Coslo, you talk about chemistry. Matthew Coslo, Owen Frayne and Shane Walsh are connecting up front for Mead. And that has been really important over the last couple of weeks. And Derek Campion, last year there was a lot of conversation about playmakers playing six. Derek Campion, I'm not sure how much you've seen him from lads over the last couple of years. He's been on the fringes of the Mead team. Really, really talented guy. He's kind of filled out a little bit. He's really, really good on the ball. And now he's playing six. And first game against Fermanagh this year, I don't think he's even played there at club level. He was found out a little bit. But he's really grown into it the last couple of games. Alongside Donald Kogan, he's managing to get his hands on everything. Interceptions left, right and centre. Um, he's spraying passes. He's scoring points to the outside of the boot. And the, he's, he's just influencing games and affecting games so much from that sixth position. And it's something Mead have sorely lacked over the last couple of years. And when Mead, when shit hit the fan and Kildare took the lead with 20 minutes to go, Mead went about 20 minutes without getting a point. And they were with the wind. But you're looking on from the stand. Kildare have Feely there uh, leading the charge. Daniel Flynn did not look right, but Kildare were much better than they were against Armada previous week. They were actually hitting lads. Um, they were turning lads over. They were catching Mead on the break. And the thing that was killing them was dropping shots short in both halves. But Kildare were definitely that bit better than they were the week beforehand. Unfortunately for, unfortunately for Glenn Ryan, he picked the full forward line of Dara Kerwin, Kevin Feely and Daniel Flynn. I know Flynn's recovering from an injury. He, he was he was okay. He just you could tell he wasn't one hundred percent. Did he play Feely, Feely led the charge? He played Feely full forward and kept him there. Essentially, yeah, for a good a good chunk of the game, especially especially Feely's most influential period of the game. Kerwin goes off injured after twelve minutes. Ben McCormick kicks three points from playing the first half. Goes off injured at half time, oh. and the other half forward Barry Kelly goes off early in the second half. Now they're bringing on likes of Paddy Woodgate and Al Kelly, but it's just when you're when you're losing that sort of quality mm. and and. 
the shit is hitting the fan. Clare fell away after they got took the lead for the first time in the 51st minute. They wouldn't score again. Whereas on the flip side, a really young Mead team, maybe it was the confidence they had from last week for digging that game out. And maybe they had a bit of a bounce this week in training. Maybe the review session, they weren't getting hammered on Tuesday. There was a bit of confidence. Two subs come off the bench and score worldies. And then they add two more points. And I just thought the leadership of a young team in the last couple of minutes from a Mead perspective was really heartening. But compare that to Saturday night, it's a million miles away, lads. The turnovers were quality wise. The charts. Yeah, well, oh. But I don't you know that, T. Like, yeah, there is there's massive it, gulf. We know that. Like, like yeah, what, what's more yeah. exciting to watch? Yeah, maybe the, the basketball style of turnovers and things like that. But that is, the reality is, no disrespect to both of those teams. They're not. They're nowhere I feel near like it's on. confidence, Paddy. I feel like it's uh, confidence. Yeah, okay, well. confidence maybe, but like me and Claire are not genuine all the contenders. So you're comparing it to, to Dublin and Kerry, who are still, even, I know Derry are, are pulling up trees all over the place, but you're still, there is a massive, massive gulf there. So you expect those type of, that, that drop off in quality. It's, it's no less exciting, of course, but th- there is a huge, huge gap there. That's a, a wider issue. But, but on, on Kildare's point, you know, we kind of asked, what what are we going to expect from from this week? You, you know, it was it was an abysmal performance against Armagh, and they were getting it from all angles, players, coaches, the whole nine yards. Was, at least there is some sort of positive bit of resilience shown in terms of intensity in their play, because because it was just on the floor against 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 Armagh the week before. But the reality is that's like, the score nine points is. Yeah, I've got to struggle to win any game. Like, okay, yeah, injuries and stuff like that don't help you. You know, when you're low on confidence, you're trying to look for a couple of breaks maybe and losing Ben McCormick under their big scoring threats. You know, that doesn't help Glenn Ryan. So it's, okay, it's a positive kind of attitude reaction from the week before against their man, but it does still leave them. And we said if they lost this game, they're essentially gone. They're zero from four. I don't think the mood is lifted, really. Okay, they've got a bit of a bounce back in terms of attitude, but is the mood any better after losing that game to me yesterday? It's hard to say. Uh, look, it's, it, it's it's tough. Confidence is on the floor. You can see it with the team. Kevin Feely taking off his gloves at the end of the game was was good at smashing them off the floor. You can tell like they are hurt. It was it was a big they, game. It was a massive game. For it was. Uh, they, they dropped seven shots short at the weekend. What? And they had seven? Seven shots short. Oh, four, four of the seven were with the wind, um, and they had. And some those, my notes here. Excuse six me, wides. Time, because obviously we, I didn't, I didn't see the game. But was the, were those within distance or are these? Just going through my notes here. Two of them shots. Two of them are long range freeze in the second half against the wind. The others are are within the shooting zone. Scorable. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you back yourself. That's very disappointing. Yeah. You know, um, because not only when you're dropping a short, not only are you not scoring yourself, you're actually giving the opposition a counter attack opportunity. Like to score from a counter attack is so much easier than to score from and, a, a short uh, kick up. So much where, easier. Yeah. And that's where they were killing each other in this game on, on both sides. But there were so many periods, lads, where there'd be a massive me turnover and there'd be a huge roar and they'd break. And then Claire would turn them over and there'd be a bigger roar and they'd break. And then me to turn them over. It was just, it was manic. Anyways, uh, we're going to have to wrap up this week's pod. Briefly, down are still flying in Division 3. 4-12-2 Fort win against Offaly. They rock on. Offaly lost again, but they're performing quite well. And I think there's 
Hopefully green shoots there for Declan Kenley and that project with a young Offaly side. Hopefully that's going to come to fruition. Antrim fell short against Sligo, missing quite a few players, but Niall Murphy was on fire. Big win for Sligo, 120 to 113. The Battle of the McEntees, Tony against Andy, obviously not related. Um, Eddie McGinnis obviously named the team of the week as well for Sligo, the, the defender. Westmead joined top with Down. Got the job done against Limerick. Weren't ripping up trees. 14 points to 1-8. And Clare put a poor Wicklow side to the sword in Ennis. 2-15 to 8 points. The drama, of course, was in Division 4, as I mentioned. Carlo dragging themselves into that promotion battle. Beating Leitrim late on. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke with another very good performance again for, for Leitrim. He scored the goal again. How the table looks, lads, at the minute. Because Leash just about held on to beat Tipperary by a point. Three late scores. Killian Roach, James, your buddy, saved the penalty. Maybe his buddy, yeah. In your team with a... Dream team, dream 15. Team of the year. Team of the year. Tip one seven. Leash 11 yeah. points. He's, he's, he's top scorer in the division and saving penalties. There you go. It's, that is a bit of magic now, to be fair. Wexford bet Waterford and Longford bet London. Just to give you a look at the Division 4 table, Leash, four wins out of four, eight points. Leitrim, three wins and that one point defeat, six points. Carlow now on six points. Longford on four points and Wexford on four points. There's Leash, they're in a decent position. The other four are chasing that second promotion position, which is so important in Division 4. Lads, we've loads to talk about on our members' pod this week. I want to talk to you about and pick your brains about the new football review committee. Paddy, you must be so excited. Jim Gavin's going to fix football. <laughs> Does it have to be fixed, Paddy? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes out of it, yeah. yeah okay. I am. James? I don't know. Like, like, how much say? What is... So the committee goes away, and it's not just Jim, obviously. Jim's from one of the higher profile ones. Ed Fitzmaurice is on it. And Malik O'Rourke, Colin Collins, obviously. James Horn. James Horn. So there's really successful coaches who've operated at the highest level. Um, it'd be interesting to see their take on things. Um, what, well, actually James actually, out, what, what actually comes out of it? Like what, what, what is expected to come out of this? I'll tell you is what. I'll do a bit change, of recommended rule changes? I'll How do much a bit of impact digging, will this review have? I'll be, do a bit of digging and top of next on our pod later in the week I'll update you on what's expected and what we might see okay, from Okay, yeah. I know that James has actually put pen to paper and uh, put a few proposals Jim Gavin's way already. James, you might fill us in on them <laughs> during the week and uh, looking forward to the weekend. Any word on golf? Are we getting around? Oh! Are we banned from the golf courses of Clarny after We're doing endeavors. a tour of Clarny. The, the, last year. the ban is up on Friday, I think. So we uh, okay. We're yeah. back. We're back. I'm looking forward to a trip to the kingdom now, yeah. yeah. I, was warm, I met That's your right. auntie Jimmy at the match on Saturday. Who? I can't remember her name. I got a photo with her. <laughs> Was it the auntie I met last Might year? Might have been. And then I think your uncle was giving me the finger as he was taking the photo. <laughs> I was like, cut my hand, Jimmy. I see that where you got it. sounds like from. one of the other Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, they were lovely. They said we're coming down to Killarney this weekend. So looking forward. Always nice to get down there. He's there. Magic. One of the greats. One of the greats. <laughs> we'll be in what's right. Dan, Dan Linehan's Saturday night. Oh. <laughs> okay, is that official? All right. We'll have I to go to dance so. for one anyway. Absolutely. We'll dance for one. There'll be a nice point in Jimmy's. We'll be in Reedy's, yeah. surely. We've a bit of work to get done Saturday, that is, to be revealed. The minor work, the minor work. At a later date. We'll, but we'll we've got, um, we'll have to be ready for, I don't know when we're going to get a golf in. Derry Dublin, five o'clock, RTE. What? Get a bit of that in. Five what? o'clock, lads. What time is it? Sky Plus. Mayo is coming, 7.30. Oh my God, that's fucked up our plans, hasn't it? I thought Dublin Derry was on a half seven. Should we get the second half in? Mayo Rossi's is the prime time. Oh my it's God. it's bright it's bright till six o'clock. We'll have to get a 
We'll work Let's something out. Can yeah. we move All around right. our official work? Maybe have it a bit earlier in the day. No, we can't move our top secret oh, official geez. work Jesus for the moment. Christ. James Donahue, Paddy Andrews, thanks for this week. And uh, we'll catch up actually later in the week. And I'll see you on Saturday. Jesus, we're living in each other's pockets at the minute. Good night, boys. See you, boys. Be good, lads. Thanks. <laughs>